Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and my friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. It's Monday. That means Dr. Andy is here. How are you? Are you ready for Christmas, Dr. Andy? Absolutely not. <laughs> I thought you were coming out with a definitive yes. Oh, no, no. I am one of those Christmas Eve shoppers. Christmas Eve shoppers. Well, yeah, if I and, have to. And you have a birthday that's right in there at Christmas. You're one of those people that gets ripped yeah. off every single year. <laughs> yes, I tell people I have issues. I've worked <laughs> on a lot of them, but I still have some issues. So I got to say I'm a little bah, bah humbug around the holidays. Oh, no, we have to change that because you have a birthday blowout thing going on, don't you? What I is do. that? What I is do. that? Well, it started last year. So my gift to my clients that do come in to see me here in the Denver metro area, I run a special is offering packages. And if you grab a package on my birthday, which is December 28th, you get it at 2022 pricing. So get over to, we're going to animalmagiccare.com to get those packages. It's Dr. Andy's birthday blowouts. And it's open to new people. If that's where you want to start and you, you want to dive into the deep end of chiropractic, please do. But you have to get on my email list to get the emails that has the link to the specials. All right. So you had uh, you had your Tuesday q and I see that mm-hmm. you went over hip dysplasia and digesting yep. and enzymes. Um, yep. So anything new that popped up uh, from your questions with your kids over there at Dr. Andy's world on YouTube every Tuesday night at 6 PM. Um, I, I had a question that stumped me uh-uh. and I, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I did share it with you. And I don't know, I haven't delved into that rabbit hole, but I had um, somebody ask if, if you're a lot of us raw feeders prepare food in advance. Like I know we all end up in a routine, whatever that routine is. I do breakfast and dinner every single day. Some people do three or four days at a time, but what if, what happens if you put probiotics on the food the day before you feed it or two days before you feed it? Does that enhance the probiotics? Does that feed the prebiotics more? That was the question. I don't have an answer to that. Well, we're going to get that answer for you. I don't, I don't really know. Um, I could probably shoot it over to Neely and she would probably tell me, um, but, um, knows everything. Yeah, I, th- I think she does. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, I do one, too. and one bad thing about he- Healy, one bad thing about Neely is that she won't fake it. You know, she won't say, uh, she'll just go, I don't know. You know how she does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to work on getting that answer for everybody. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I may, I may have it before the end of the podcast. Okay. So <laughs> just, just know that we're going to go. triple task. I, I can, tr- you know, I can some days. It depends on how much <laughs> coffee I've had before the podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. Ain't so you, 
Yes. You just got back from Chicago where you were going to a continuing education in the chiropractic world. And did you think that there was anything more to learn after 20 years of chiropractic? Um, Of course. Isn't there always more to learn? I mean, I'm not going to, I'm never going to claim I know it all. Um, But this is my favorite instructor. Like he's amazingly sweet, funny, um, and he is brilliant. And so I've been going back every so many years to learn all the next level of stuff. Um, I head back to Chicago. And so I train with Dr. Carl Stefano. And if you're in the Illinois area, Chicago land area, um, you can find him at healthpioneers.com, I believe is his, his website. But he is a board certified chiropractic neurologist. So he went to the same chiropractic school as I went to. So he's a chiropractor. And then there's a subset of chiropractors that practice AK, which is applied kinesiology, which is muscle testing, if you're familiar with that at all. Um, And he has a people practice and an animal practice. He's uh, married to a vet. She sees obviously more animals as a on a chiropractic basis. And over the years, he's developed all of these patterns. He's developed these hand modes that we can use on the animals to figure out what's going on because they can't tell us. And it's effing brilliant. And he is the only person on the planet doing it. All right. 8 billion people. So tell us what you came away with because I came over to see you and I brought Asta and you did some new things on her. So um, tell our listeners what maybe you learned, what you forgot, what you're thinking now after you got oh, back. I always go and go, I forgot that. Oh, I got a little lazy over there, you know, so great reminders. But this this four-day course was on peripheral nerves. And we've talked about this on the show before. And when they are licking their feet, right? And yes. my first question, what's my first question? How many feet? Which, yes. which front or back? Right <laughs> or left? <laughs> yes. How many feet? All four. You can think allergies. Anything less than that, which is usually one or two. Usually you don't get three feet. Like you're going to get front end or back end. And it can just be unilateral or bilateral. Um, that's not allergies, folks. It's never allergies. It's a sensory deficit in a peripheral nerve. So the animal can't tell us, does it hurt? Does it pinch? Does, is it little stabbing? Is it numb? All they're going to tell us is they're going to bite at it and their saliva is going to change the color there. Mm. Well, most of the time it's going to correlate to a peripheral nerve, which now I can, because you know, new stuff, I can trace back and do a very specific adjustment to unentrap that nerve, whatever's entrapping it. And we have no idea what that is. Right. And a lot of times, and that's a space occupying lesion. So is that a tight muscle? Is that a subluxation? Is that just inflammation, which goes back to diet a lot of times, just generalized inflammation. Yes. So inflammation can be a space occupying lesion that is compressing a nerve, which is affecting the sensory information to a limb. Wow. I think I was changing all of that the last 20 years. Absolutely. Um, but much more of a broader, let's 
do an adjustment. And that works really well, right? We're going to change the information into that nerves. And most of the time, like 95% of the time, it clears up. But now I get to be very specific and that's very exciting for me. And you get, do you get rejuvenated to do what you do when you go into these uh, continuing credit classes? Do you, do you walk away and say, damn, I'm doing good for the, for the world out there and the dogs and the cats and the horses and all those things that you change? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, why am I only getting there every four years? I don't know. I should be there every year, right? To keep Mm -hmm. your spirits up basically. Cause it, I, I work alone. Right. I, I feel like this iceberg in the middle of nowhere most of the time. And I see all these amazing things, but you know, they're just happy and the people go off and all like, okay. So it's really nice to be in a room with people doing all the same stuff and sharing stories. And yeah, absolutely. And they were all still very pumped about the industry, about what they were doing. Um, I, I'm asking, uh, and, and, and did, do you guys get together and say, what the heck is going on out there in the traditional world and listen to this craziness that I, that I experienced? Do you do that too? There was a little bit of that. Carl actually tries to not do that. Um, but what was very interesting about the class was there was 25 of us and there was only besides Dr. DiStefano, three chiropractors, the rest were veterinarians Oh, and they did their own bashing. Of themselves, of them, of, of their, their own profession. industry. Yes. So they're and... they're vets that have like our daughter. Okay, so our daughter is a vet, and she's also a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Now, her specialty. So here's the thing: they they kind of do it all. So there's not really like this specialty. Like you don't do it all. You Mm-mm. specialize in chiropractic, right? Which yeah. gives you a lot more experience in my opinion, but, uh, were these vets primarily chiropractors or were they primarily vets? The the vast majority of them were primarily chiropractors. Oh, good. Yeah. So they were, that was their specialty. They probably also did acupuncture, but they weren't generally out in general practice and kind of throwing it in, which is, I think very difficult to become very good at chiropractic. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you had this tuning fork when I was over there yes. and what does the tuning fork do? Cause we've not used that before on, on Miss Asta. We hadn't. And I used to use it a lot. And it was one of those things that kind of fell by the wayside and, you know, Carl pulled it back out. So the bone vibrates at a certain frequency mm. and we can use that to, um, do a type of adjustment to on on bones to restore proper frequency in the bone. You know, I so believe in the frequencies in the body. Um, I, I, as you know, love Dr. Thomas Cowan, and he talks about water a lot, and and he talks about the frequency, and you have to have the right water in the body, not toxic water. We got to have really good water, mm-hmm. and. Um, he has he has a lot of different stuff on water, um, but he goes back to that same thing that we are a frequency, and when we mm-hmm. damage that frequency, man, we're in trouble. Yep, yeah. So that's simply what has occurred at said level in the vertebrae, or said spot on the pelvis, or said whatever, right? And so that I can get in there and kind of dig around with my fingers, or I can use a tuning fork, which you know, 
that's a little easier on my hands. And actually some animals are like, no, I don't like that tuning fork thing. You know, they prefer me to use my hands, which is fine. So we figured that out. I think what you need is somebody with a, um, what are those bowls where they sit in there and they do the The singing bowls, the singing bowls. (laughs) Those are for your pet parents, right? Put a bowl in there and calm them down. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. here, here. You play with this. I'll work over here. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so we had something that came up and I wanted to discuss this with you. I know hardias. Okay. Yes. So here's what happened. I came in and I was talking to you about someone that I know who has a German shepherd who from birth really seems to have trouble eating. He's mm-hmm. a very tall, slender um, German shepherd. But he will sometimes just, it drives this pet parent crazy Mm -hmm. because he wants this dog to eat. Now, when I look at the body, Dr. Andy, this dog's not starving. I don't see ribs or hip bones. Um, But he, the the pet parent has had to resort to hand feeding and all that kind of jazz that really bothers Mm -hmm. him. So you immediately, it wasn't like you took any time. You said, sounds like a hyenal. Am I saying that word right? Hyenal. Hiatal hernia. Okay. So Mm -hmm. first, can you tell us what a hiatal hernia is and why that may be something that would cause a dog to not eat? Yes. Um, A hiatal hernia is the esophagus actually goes through the diaphragm. And in some dogs, some people, intestines can pooch back up through that hole alongside the esophagus. Um, It may be visible on x-ray, rarely. It may be a lot of intestines pooching up. It may just be a little bit. You can't tell that by the symptoms of a hiatal hernia. Um, And so, and the classic is what you described. The classic symptom is the dog walks over the bowl, like I'm pretty happy. I think I want to eat, kind of stares at the food a little bit and walks away. Um, I went through this with Jax. My standard and Jax poodle. was your, oh, your standard poodle. Yeah. Yeah. He's been passed about seven years now. Um, he was a terrible eater from day one. I bet he would have been diagnosed with IBS if his mother like did anything. Like I did, like, I didn't know what I was doing back in the day. This was close to 20 years ago. Um, and I finally learned how to adjust I, I do, I have hand quotes. You can't see those, but adjust a hiatal hernia. Cause I'm not getting there, right? We're putting an impulse into the nervous system. We're affecting the receptors. So then the body can then decide, choose how to handle it itself, right? Heal itself. I learned that adjustment when he was 12 and he would literally do that. Most of his life, walk over to the bowl. I don't want to eat. We would hand feed, we would top it with cheese. We would play, what else can we put on the food? Scrambled eggs, you know, the games, right? So mm-hmm. annoying. Um, I would, he would stand there. I would literally walk over, do the adjustment. He goes, oh, thanks. And would eat. Wow. It was amazing with him. And, it, and I think his was there since birth too. Cause he came to me like not eating well. I was trying to train a puppy and he would walk away from hot dogs. Like he was so difficult. He was also so good that it wasn't a big deal. Thank God. Um, but yeah, and he would then eat. And so the last year and a half of his life, I finally, and it never held right. Cause it was so chronic at that point. Um, 
And so we, we, we just kind of handled it that way. Now I've had dogs come in where it became a problem after a GI surgery, after a severe GI distress where there's lots of vomiting that can kind of cause it. And then I think sometimes with birth and it's just, it's just there. So a lot of why does it happen? We don't have a lot of answers, but with it being there, it's very easy to manage. I even show my pet parents how to do that at home because they don't need to be in my office every week when it starts to reappear. How long do they typically hold? It really, I, it really depends. Sometimes after an episode of like vomiting and hospital and all that, it's just a one time and we never see it again when it's chronic like this, you know, and there's always other things to fix in the upper body. You know, where's the rib cage? What are the, you know, what are the thoracics doing? What are the cervicals doing? Um, involved in that. So we do, so you need to come in and do get all that kind of corrected a few times, maybe let's just ballpark it. And then maybe when it shows up at home, I'll show you how to kind of handle it. Here yeah. I there. think that this, this pet parent is a little um, confused on how a chiropractic adjustment, which I think you just explained, uh, but I think he's a little bit confused on how a chiropractic adjustment could affect internal organs. Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't most people because we're not taught and us chiropractors know, and we talk about it all the time on how chiropractic is neurology. It is functional neurology. We are affecting receptors most of the time on a subclinical level, meaning there's nothing on x-ray. There's nothing on blood work. We're just seeing something in our animals. Um, and they're telling us very subtly that there's something going on, but all of those nerves that come out of your spine that innervate all the muscles that move the limbs also carry receptors that go to all your organs. And so when you adjust a vertebrae that has innervation to, let's say the stomach, the esophagus, we affect change in those organs. Do we nice. affect enough change to change what's going on? A lot of times. Yeah, not always. Um, but yes, that they innervate the pancreas, they innervate the liver, it innervates the kidneys. It all comes out of the spine, that spinal cord that goes through the vertebrae, then shoots out nerves out to IVFs, the intervertebral foramen that innervate all the organs. So every time we're changing a limb, we are affecting the organs in that area. So here's a question. Many people will go the traditional route and say, well, if it's a hiatal hernia, then I'm going to go get an x-ray. And if the x-ray shows up, then I'll go get adjustment. But what you just said was that it may not show up on an x-ray. To show up in blood work and show up in x-rays and other diagnostics, it's a pretty far gone chronic issue at that point, right? And then changing that may become very difficult. So if we can pay really close attention to our animals and catch on way sooner than our diagnosis, diagnostics tell us that there's something wrong, we can, we're changing things that I'm changing things every day that I didn't know was even there because the animal didn't tell me. Right. Like we've mm -hmm. been, so I have this client, I actually was talking to mom yesterday and he's a big Oshbach, which is a really long-legged white working breed herding dog. And he lives out on a farm in Parker and he was ran over by a dually when he was oh, two no. or three. Yes. I actually have a picture of his gate. I finally took video. His gate is 
insane. His hips don't move. His stifles don't move. It's all hock. And those hocks are so unstable, but that's how he gets around in the rear. It's amazing. And when she brought me out, we figured out yesterday, four years ago, she was about ready to put him down. Four years. He is now 12. Wow. And she goes, I think it was the chiropractic because we did chiropractic every month because I'm helping the kidneys. We're helping the liver. We're keeping the brain talking to the rear end. Um, you know, he's still sore. He still has a horrible gait, but she's like, he's mostly still happy. I, and you know, we're not sure if he'll be with us next month. Um, right. We've been pretty much month to month for a while, but I just keep showing up and doing my thing. And I've been doing less and less because he doesn't have the muscle mass. He actually cannot handle as much as we used to do a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, but yeah, I don't even know what I've been affecting his, how his immune system, his organ function and all of that along with how he gets around and and less pain. You always want to go with the less invasive work first. And I think that obviously chiropractic is where you want to start, right? Because of just what you Mm -hmm. said, it affects so many different things. It helps in so many different ways. And the traditional way may put this dog on acid blockers, may put them on an appetite uh, enhancer, may do all these type of things that he doesn't really need and that would negatively affect him in the long Long run. Yeah. 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 So Mm -hmm. I'm a a big proponent of at least going in and giving this a try. And like you said, it may not be, um, it may not hold on the very first one, but maybe we go through six. Maybe they come in and buy a package of six for your new year birthday blowout at doctor at animalmagiccare.com. Okay. So I, I happen to have an answer for you on the probiotic. Oh, look at you. See, triple tasking. Triple tasking. Okay. So the question I asked was, if you put the probiotics on raw food the day before, is there any benefit to it growing more prebiotics in the food? Okay. Would, would I have asked that question correctly? I think so. Yeah, okay. All right. And so here's what the... Uh, answer came back and this is coming back from our friends at adored beast yes and they said well there is a natural limit as to how many pre and probiotics they can produce so they don't believe um, that they're going to produce any more by sitting in the food the day before because they said they can only produce so many no matter how long it sits. Okay, so I want to touch on another subject um, that you've been talking about, and that is how does the weather and how do storms possibly affect our pets? Mm-hmm. Um, I talk and talk and talk about this. It's with clients on one-on-one and, and now out in the world. So back to that same dog, that last storm front that went through, she thought she was going to have to put him down. Why? Because he couldn't get up. He was really mopey. He didn't feel good. And as soon as that passed, he felt better. So just like you hear, you see in the movies, you hear people, oh, I know a storm's coming because my trick knee is acting up, right? That can happen to our animals. So if that barometric pressure drops and your senior dog is just 
out for the count, not wanting to move, not really wanting to eat, just feeling crummy, take a breath, wait out the barometric pressure. And when that changes, most likely they will come back to baseline. Um, it's also why I call it the senior dog roller coaster because you're constantly up and down and is this a good day or a bad day? But do not discount like next week, it's supposed to be super cold. So how crummy are we? How We're going to be a little grumpy, right? We're not going to like it. We're not going to want to be out there. Um, it can affect the animals just the same way. If your knee is just driving you nuts because the weather is just shitty, hey, it could be driving, it could be bugging their knee. Um, I think it's funny that we give grace to humans. Oh, we're not feeling so great, but our dog should always be in the same mood, right? It just doesn't happen. They have things going on and they can't use words to tell us, but they can tell us in other ways. So give it a day. I have a lot of people that text me and call me. I need to get them in. They, they crashed. I'm like, okay, we can do that. But most likely it's the weather and just wait a couple of days. So if we, if you think about this, Dr. Andy, dogs always seem happy. Mm -hmm. They always seem happy. So when they're having a day, <laughs> we're like, what, what, yeah. this is so not normal. Yeah. Um, so that, that it's, it's just not something that we're used to seeing, Correct. but you're right. You know, and, and, um, Neely always talks about this as well, where she's saying, look, if your dog is vomiting or it is having diarrhea or it's something like that, let it get it out because there's no other way that the body can remove yeah. these toxins. This is a normal thing. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not saying if your dog um, is vomiting continuously all day long for several days, now we've got a dehydration problem and yeah. that can be dangerous. Okay. Yeah. That's Absolutely. not what we're saying. Especially but, if you have vomiting and diarrhea, right? You, you really need to keep an eye on that and the dehydration part of it. Yes. You know, we, uh, because we had a 21 year old cat, uh, we learned how to use the, the bag of fluids and the, uh, needle where we would hydrate under our cat's skin. And that's something that I think that, that pet parents should learn how to do mm -hmm. and get that. And just in case, right now there, yeah. And you got to learn. I'm very squeamish, Dr. Andy, about needles. Very. Um, Did not know that. Rick is really good at it. And our daughter has spent the time and taught us how to do it properly. Um, you also have to know for the size of your animal, how much fluids you can put in them at a time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there are some things that you need to learn, but you can do it. You yep. could do it. So like, you got to have a, a way to hang up the bag, right? To hang up the bag. So it flows down. Mm -hmm. There's a way to open that up. You put the needle in, you see it puffs up in our cat. Yeah. It looked like the hunchback from Notre Dame, right? Yeah. H huge <gasps> ball of, of fluids. But we did that, you know, for the last couple of years of her life, right? Because yep. she was getting so elderly. But a um, lot of clients that do, I personally have not had to do it. I haven't had a cat live that long. Well, I haven't had a cat. I mean, these guys are eight. I got them seven years. You know, it's been a long time since I had a cat. So I don't know how squeamish I'll be, but you can do anything you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, I think that cats, um, if you keep the toxins out of them, all of the shots and stuff like that, um, they, they will live a long time and your cats eat raw as well. Yes. And they get adjusted, right? Can you adjust yes. your cats? Yeah. Oh yeah. I adjust my cats. Yeah. Your cat's yeah. probably going to live till 30. I, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> <You're> 
going to do with they, my cats. They, I, uh, so this is like my personal experiment with them. They came from a ranchette in Parker. So they were never in the shelter. They, I'm going to admit this. They've never been vaccinated. They're nice, indoor nice. cats because they don't want to go outside. They're the weirdest little cats I've ever had. Um, and they've never been on any medication. Uh, they've been eating raw since they came to live with me. I'm like, they're never going to die. No, they may not. <laughs> you may have the longest living cats ever. Which is, know, we're going to see. Yeah, which is which is nice. So that's mm-hmm. going to be about 20 more years, Dr. Andy. <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell Sean. Don't tell my husband. <laughs> right. That's like the birds. People that get birds, they live to oh. be like some birds 80 years. You're like, yes. you got to put them in your will. You do. You got to will them to other people. That's insane. What I don't do birds. No. I, I don't. I, they they bite for no reason. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> You're around dogs all the time. You're like, no birds. <laughs> no birds. The dogs at least give you a little warning, you know. Right, right. So when these um, storms happen, when our dogs, we had a lab and I, I will tell you, now this lab we rescued and um, when he was five and he was, so fat. We were like, what is that? I'm not kidding you. This was the fattest lab I've ever seen. And, um, he, he, but he, I'm sure he'd been vaccinated up the wazoo. When a storm would come, this dog would shake and shake and he would try to crawl under things and behind things. It was so horrible for him. No t-shirt, none of those, you know, wrap Mm-hmm. hug nothing. me shirts, nothing would help this dog. But what mm-hmm. have you seen that could be used when they have these someone called uh, crashes? I don't think that that's a little severe, but. Well, that's a little different than what I was talking about. Like in the winter, when, they, when I say crash, they, they don't feel good. The limping is worse. They don't okay. necessarily want to eat. And that's more pronounced in winter. The summertime storms where they're possibly scared of the thunder and the rain and the lightning, I'm sure there could be a pain component to that, but most of that is up in their head, psychological. And when they have that bad, I haven't really found much that's that helpful, which is, it's horrible. It's horrible for the pet parent. It's horrible for the animal. I had one lady many years ago, she had this little like hidey hole underneath her stairs that if it got windy she had to go in there and sleep with her dog like he just couldn't handle the wind um and we were you know doing chiropractic care and so at that point I think it's just psychological and I don't know I think it's Dr. Dodds has talked about how the thyroid can be involved in that later in life like when they hit like five six seven and all of this seems to get worse I know she's talked about that link. I don't know much more than that. So that's interesting, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of times the owners buy into it too much and kind of create that to some extent. Um, you know, there's so many different factors. Yeah, you know, um, I would like to study a little bit more. I know Neely's looking into dog behavior and because she just has to have one more certification. He does. <laughs> Constantly. She has the time. Uh, right, right. Um, but I have heard in instances where a dog is frightened, okay, uh, whether that be from a person or a sound, 
If you coddle them, mm-hmm. you make it worse. Mm-hmm. So what I've heard a, from the trainers. I'm a big believer in that. Right? So yeah. when, for instance, here, here's a for instance. <clears throat> the other night, my smoke alarm was doing that chirping thing. Right? Makes dogs crazy. Makes them crazy. Yeah. So Lazi, now Asta, she kind of could care less. Maybe it's because she can't hear anymore. <laughs> she, but she's always been like that. She's always been a very stable, just kind of like whatever. But Lazi, who's uh, the youngest one, who's four, she was coming up the stairs and running down the stairs. And it was, it was really bothering her. Mm-hmm. Now, Rick was getting up there to get it fixed. But what he did was he did not coddle her and he made mm-hmm. her come and sit right beh- beside him. Mm-hmm. So that basically, I think the message was, I'm I'm the pack leader. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but you need to sit right here. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. there's different training metho- methodologies out there. But why are you a big proponent of not coddling them when they're having issues? Because then you, you buy into it too. And then they're like, oh, I get this attention from them, the people. Oh, I, this must be the correct behavior I should be doing. Um, I joke with my clients all the time. Most of my reaction to my dogs, if they're doing anything because something else is going on, I'm like, cut your shit out. We're good. <laughs> but that also requires me to manage my emotions. And a lot of my uh, pet parents are like, that's mean. I'm like, nah. They're not humans, right? And I I just actually had this similar conversation with a client this week. Her dog is 11. It's an Aussie mix. And she is a force to be reckoned with. She's barky. She's jumpy. She's oh, she's, she's a very nice dog. And they want to adopt a dog. And, and they found one. And it's a boy dog, which is probably a good choice. Because she's such an alpha bitch. Um <laughs> and they and he, she's fine in the yard and but they bring the dog in the house and she attacks him and and the mom's like well you know it's her house I'm like oh no it's not her house it is your house you need to change the energy you don't have to do anything and that people don't get that you have to change the energy this is my house and you don't get to behave that way now you also take steps to make sure both the dogs are safe and you, you do all those things but no 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 it ain't the dog's house that ain't the dog's house. That's ain't the dog's bed. This is your bed. Who goes to work to earn the money to pay all the bills? And we love them, but we we energetically give them way too much power. I agree with that. You know, and I've often said, why is it that pet parents can have these issues outside of a hyena right? Hernia, where the dogs won't eat, right? Mm-hmm raw food. But if you brought them to my house, I guarantee you they would eat. Why? Because I have no fear. Correct. I have no issues. Yep. Th- th- there's no energy around. Oh my gosh, there's mm-hmm. bacteria. Oh my gosh. It's been sitting out too long. Oh my gosh. These are broken rolls because mm-hmm. we only feed ugly rolls. All right. We try to, because we get them. Awesome. Right. right. Uh, we get them. If I uh, had your company, that's what I'd be feeding too. I mean, seriously, right? I am talking about half the food smushed out the other end that's all dried out. Big deal, right? I don't have any issues around it. I've never had an issue with raw. been doing it too long. So the energy is there. You would be like, all right, you don't want to eat? You pick it up and go about your day. Like That's right. Get in line. When you, like I have five dogs. Uh, My mom just moved in, made six. Like you got to get in line or you're getting left behind. Like I don't have time to coddle anybody. 
Um, and she was feeding disgusting Purina canned. She was using <laughs> Thailand powder to control his chronic diarrhea that he has had for years. Um, she also came with 10 different bags of treats, half of them with dyes and colors and grains. And I go, well, this is why you can't clear up his diarrhea. But anyway, after Molly Brown got a hold of another bowl of that, I'm like, he's done. Um, so I threw, I, we fat, well, I kind, I tried to fast him for a day, but she couldn't let him not eat. Right. Mm, so she fed him. Starve. Yeah. You know, 10 pounds overweight, but anyway, put down the bowl, bowl around, like you're eating this or you're done. Like, I don't have time for this and go figure. He ate the whole bowl. We put healthy gut on it. We haven't had any diarrhea. Oh. You're amazing. Amazing. Shocking. Is she going <laughs> to stick with that? Is she going to be Oh, she doesn't to... have a choice because I'm so neurotic here. They cannot be getting a hold of bowls with crappy antibiotics on it. I work too hard. I spend too much money and we don't do toxins. Right. Like, it's not allowed, let alone the Purina can, which is full of glyphosate, full of fillers, full of just junk. I'm like, no, you know, they lick off my plates that have meat and fat on it. Like right. they don't get that junk. Right. So good for you. All right, everybody. That is our podcast for today. Remember, Dr. Andy's got her birthday blowout. It is happening right now at animalmagiccare.com. Get on her email list. Mm-hmm. If you're here in the Denver area, I would highly, highly, highly recommend you get one of these packages and get over and see Dr. Andy, because as you learned on this podcast, it affects and it helps all the organs in the body, not just that spine, not just those hips. It is an all around um, holistic care, right? And it does yeah. things that you don't even know. You have no idea how, what it's doing, how it's helping your dogs, but we know this has been around for a long time. And we've got the dogs to prove it. All right. Remember that every Tuesday at 6 p.m., Dr. Andy is answering your questions where? At Dr. Andy's World on YouTube. Oh, I'm getting so good at this. I'm getting so good at this, right? Dr. Andy's World, you go over to YouTube. You can ask your questions just like this uh, question about the uh, probiotic. And if she doesn't know the answer, she's going to find it for you. Get over to rawdogfoodandco.com. You need to get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. If you do nothing else, you've got to get that freaking kibble, that Mm -hmm. processed food, those colorings, those synthetics, those preservatives. Get those out of your dog's diet. Come on now and give them good water. I want to say that. Mm -hmm. Make Mm -hmm. sure your water doesn't have fluoride in it. Very toxic for your dogs. Get over to rawdogfoodandco.com where your pet's health is our business. And we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you soon, Dr. Andy. Have a Merry Christmas and a happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank All you right, everybody. Much. Bye, folks. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.